The following podcast features topics discussed by geeks or under the supervision of nerds. Accordingly, Geek Life and its producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any of the topics or bad impressions performed on this show. You like it that? Let you know. Yeah, it let, let you, you know. know. Right there. So you can't like you can't yeah. be sneaking them, dude. You know, no, right. no, there's no sneaking in this because uh, <laughs> it must have been a legal thing. I don't know. So yeah, probably. Yeah. But uh, folks, welcome to a very special episode. You, mean you don't of want to Geek record Life. me saying horrible things. Yeah. Well, no, we'll just record <laughs> you talking over me. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that in the yep. episode too. So uh, welcome to a very special episode of Geek Life HQ, episode 82. Today we have a very special guest on the show, a very talented author of the book, The Importance of Being Earnest, The Life of Actor Jim Varney. He's also another Justin uh, on a podcast full of Justins, Mr. Justin Lloyd. How you doing? Very good. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, as always, we have uh, our Justin with an E and we have uh, Matt. Say hi, guys. What's up, dude? Well, Matt, Matthew's well, my middle well, name. Well, so. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Look at that. So you, you're perfect for this show. So. <laughs> That's awesome. There's um, there's a lot to talk about because we are really big fans of of the Ernest movies. We're big fans of Jim's work. Um, this episode actually came about because when we were doing one of our interviews with uh, the director of Beverly Hillbillies, Penelope uh, Spheris, Justin uh-huh. actually brought up Jim and how Jim was a, a classically trained actor and all that. And yeah. that kind of got all of our juices flowing. And then when I saw your book, I'm like, I have to check this out. So... I, I didn't even know that until uh, Justin had uh, had told me about it. And um, do you remember what Penelope had said about about Jim? I do. I remember she was interviewed oh, for she... the uh, E True Hollywood Story. Oh no, kidding! I don't know if you had have seen that. It came out right uh, actually the end of the year when when he passed. Yeah, and, uh, like... Actually, uh, for uh, we actually got to speak with her. So I'm sorry. Uh, I think my audio is a little slow, but uh, oh. actually, we had the fun <laughs> chance the to actually interview uh, Penelope. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, know, I know she talked about, um, uh, you know, I guess conversations she had with him on the set there and how he would talk, talk about people calling him Vern sometimes instead of Ernest and some okay. of these things. I mean, she, you know, she really fought for him to get that role because, um, you know, they, they, they saw Ernest, you know, when they heard of Jim Barney and, you know, he had to do a screen test because they had like 50 other people that they, that they had considered, including, so I guess Sam Elliott was, was another, was one that was in oh, wow. serious contention. So, um, so yeah, it, it I was great. I just can't to- even see that now, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's such it's such a funny film. You know, I was just watching some clips on it, and and uh, probably still one of my favorite lines from the movie is the Diedrich Bowder. I ate too much cheese today. <laughs> it's the stupidest thing, but it's it's a, actually a really funny film. Yeah, yeah, it's got staying power too. So yeah, I mean, and the cast was just is loaded. You know, Dabney Coleman and yes, yeah. Lily Tomlin. It was crazy. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Uh, yeah, Rob yeah, Schneider. Yeah. Yep uh what's his name billy uh from uh uh he's the, the one matt you know him the guy from entourage kevin Connolly, is it yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's right yeah and, and a lot of these guys really before they hit it big from this film yeah like diedrich was just getting yeah. started right right yeah. before the drew carey show took off yeah and, yeah and eventually he would be batman <laughs> right 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 <laughs> so that's pretty funny <laughs> he's all over the place these days he's you know it's crazy so, so there's a lot of questions that we want to ask, you know, about Jim, obviously. But I mean, the, the real story here is what's it like having Jim as an uncle? You know, like like that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting. Uh, he, you know, he grew up in Lexington and that's where I grew up and, and, and lived, lived pretty much all my life. I live just west of there now outside of Lexington. But um, he. Uh, from the earliest I can re- I can remember when I was uh, about 11 years old or so, he moved to White House, Tennessee, which is just north of Nashville. 
So he was always close. That's about three hours away. So he was always in town for uh, holidays and so forth, which was some of the main times I would see him. And um, he was just kind of um, electric to be around. I mean, when, when he came into our, to our house, I mean, it was just like everybody surrounded him and he was just went on for hours with stories and imitations, pulling out uh, his uh, pocket watches and knives that he's collected and teaching you, having lessons about stuff. I mean, it was, he was just like a one-man show. It was, it was really crazy. So, um, so could, could you almost say like Ernest was his persona? Like even just that, like his like normal character, like just not, kind of not exaggerated. Yeah, well, he, that was kind of an amalgamation of a lot of, of people that he knew, I think, growing up. He always kind of had that yeah. inside of him. But, I mean, he really did a, a bunch of characters. And really, for me, he did a lot of characters that I enjoyed more than Ernest. But Ernest was obviously in there. Um, but um, he, uh, he, he would do this one. Probably my favorite is the, the, the Lloyd World character, which is like the meanest man in the world. Um, who was the snake handler in the in the Christmas movie? I okay, guess. yeah. This kind of the that that was really the Lloyd World character that was like in the family album. I don't know if you've seen the Hey Burn, it's my family album, but it was like his uncle, and this he's just a mean and 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 just it, he's just hilarious. And so that was and that was one that he was doing early stand up, um, starting out. Um, a lot a lot of the characters he did, a good number of them. Were, were ones that he had had really kind of developed um, early on, like doing stand-up and so forth. And then some of them kind of worked, worked into Ernest's kind of family tree and in some of those movies and so forth. So the kind yeah, of I, I, saw, um, I saw that they had um, some of the later movies started to have like Auntie Nelda. And, yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> and then you get those and it's that's, that's really where I started to remember the characters because he was doing the whole you know stretching thing and I'm right like, yeah it looks like a golden girl i'm like this is hilarious <laughs> yeah you know? in, in the halloween when he does he does that old lady one yes. i think it's so yeah. funny yeah that's like one of my favorite she, parts of that movie she's a that. she's a favorite of a lot of people and, and <laughs> you might enjoy this you know his uh his he had a saturday morning show hey bernard turners and it was on only on for one season on cbs you know and, and they won an emmy for that and of course, since he played too many characters, they didn't get all the characters on the Emmy, but she's one of the characters that's on his Emmy. And so that's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool, you know. She didn't get a lot of respect in, oh, and yeah. so forth, but she did get her name on his Emmy. So that, that's pretty good. She can't complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you mentioned uh, you mentioned Lloyd Worrell, and then there's yeah. uh, Aster, is it Aster, Aster Clement? Clement? Yeah. Baby Ernest. Auntie yeah. Nelda, uh, Bunny Coy was another one. Yeah, well, Bunny Jeanette, who's, who was an early stand-up uh, character of his. Uh, Bunny Jeanette Rogers, you know, she's kind oh, of... Oh, that's this, what it was. Yeah, but was the, the, that was the character starting out. And Lloyd Worrell was Lloyd Rowe, and it was Lloyd with one L. I mean, so they, they <laughs> kind of just, you know, uh, adapted these for, for, for the Ernest uh, family. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, the the Auntie Nelda was was is definitely one one of the funnier ones I think. I like the the level of respect that he gets from from people. Just uh, in reading the book, you you have this one section where you talk about when he's working with Steve Martin and he does a yeah. Dylan Thomas impression, and they just connected on that level. He's like, I can't believe he knew exactly who I was doing, and he's like, I've never seen a more accurate Dylan Thomas impression, and yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's just such an obscure thing, but it's like these these people that you hear about that it's like Jim has touched their lives. Like what, yeah. one of the things I, I have been like just raving about is his relationship, like a working relationship with Robin Williams. And, you know, you pretty much say in the book that he, he taught him how to do a Russian accent. Well, yeah. And that's it's funny because my his his cousin, my, I guess my second cousin, Ed, Ed McCord said that um he he taught him like this bs russian like i think ed had studied russian um somewhere and so he had taught jim some of this russian stuff and then jim used it i guess and passed it along to robin williams so yeah that was that was pretty crazy (laughs) who literally played a russian in a movie exactly that's true so yeah Yeah, moscow on the hudson right yep yeah (laughs) That's that's so funny yeah 
uh-huh. in the in the David Letterman stuff. I mean, that's one thing I point out in the book. It was so interesting to me how I don't know how much of you all watched Letterman over the years that he that, that they would refer to him as the the Hayvern guy, but he was in probably at least a dozen of the top ten lists over the years. Yeah, and so it's funny to me that he was never on Letterman, not once. Yeah, because so, it seems like he either Letterman or the writers definitely kept up with him and liked to mention him and so forth. So uh, that's one of those kind of mysteries. I don't know if we'll ever know. Like, why wouldn't Letterman have him on? I, I mean, I guess it didn't really fit probably that his demographic exactly right. I mean, at that, at that time. Um, yeah. But yeah, that would have been fun to see. That he sure. did the Tonight Show. You know, uh, he did the Chevy Chase show. Which I, I watched a nice clip of him playing the dulcimer, which was was yeah. awesome, and yeah. and the fact that he kept up with Chevy Chase, and you know, like you could tell, like like yeah. Chevy is like really condescending and all that, and yeah, uh, Jim is just really, cool about it. <laughs> yeah, people, it's funny, like because see, I love Chevy. It's like Vacation and Fletch are like two of my very favorite movies of all time, and I love Chevy Chase, and I know people beat him up over that interview, and I think it's more. To me, it was just kind of, he was kind of awkward in, in you know, the, the late night talk show that I don't know if that really fit him very, very yeah. well. And, and it, yeah. I think he just had a hard time just making conversation. It just didn't really come natural to him. The, and, and I think, yeah, people really beat him up on those videos. I see a lot of the comments and, and um, I don't think he really was wanting to come off that, that way, you know, but. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, that was cool to see him play the dulcimer for sure. That that was neat. So what was that, Matt? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, oh, Matt. Matt was just saying he's more of a Fletch two guy. A what? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he likes Fletch two better. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh really? <laughs> no, no, no. Chris, Matt uh, Mars of the Invisible vacation. Man. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm the only one that saw that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's an official episode. So. Um, so <laughs> We, we, we talk a lot uh, on this episode, on this show about things that we kind of geek out about. And, yeah. um, you know, we, we talk about our weekend geek, like what did we do that was kind of geeky and all that. And um, again, in reading the book, you know, talking about like, like uh, Jim and his uh, fascination with like well-crafted watches and knives yeah. and stuff like that, uh, yeah. that kind of fits in with, with us. It seems like he had a really immense collection of these. Do you have yeah, any uh, good stories about like his uh, knives or swords or watches? You know, I, I really don't, I guess because when he was visiting me, I was probably more interested in hearing about movies stuff, and oh, fair. stuff like that. And so yeah. I, that wasn't anything that was of interest to me, but he, he would always had like, he was very much into jewelry, um, you know, watches, he wore earring. I mean, he was wearing an earring since high school and that was in the sixties, you know, when that wasn't the end thing at all. Um, mm-hmm. And um, uh, what else? yeah he had pocket knives and so he would um he, he would always be showing us his like latest purchase and showing my mom and they would be polishing the jewelry and sharpening knives he he sharpened he was at my grandmother's house when i put this in the book you know he, he was sharpening her knives i mean and they're so sharp that they weren't they weren't really safe i mean they're that's yeah. for, for an old lady she didn't need these razor sharp knives yeah, guys, she so, she was on blood thinners at the time. By I think the way. So. anticoagulants, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. and so, and my mom actually had bought him, and this was sometime in the '90s. She had bought him a pocket knife, and I think for a Christmas present, and she had cut her fingers pretty well, like just I think just messing with it before she had wrapped it as a gift. She cut her fingers pretty good, so it was. Uh, so it was interesting, but yeah, he all he he when he died, I mean, he had. Um, I know they auctioned off a lot of those, and I came I came uh, about a list of um, some of his knives the other day. All all everything that they had um, gone through all these all these pocket uh, knives and so forth. I mean, it was a bunch and, and and different kinds of guns and so forth. So yeah, he amassed quite a collection. Now, uh, Matt's, Matt's down in Texas, uh, so, okay. you know, I'm going to bring up this. Uh, did he have any Bowie knives? Um, yes, he did. <laughs> he did. did you, awesome. Were you guys aware of the connection between, uh, 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 not not Bowie, but um, I guess it's Boone. That's a little different, but the Alamo, yeah. Texas. There we go. So Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, you know, one of, one of the very last times I, I visited 
uh, Jim, um, my sister and I went down to visit him. This was probably three months before he passed. And uh, I remember I, I worked night shift at the time. So I was used to being up from like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Like that was the shift I was working. So we got there like five o'clock at night. And um, my sister went in and cooked him stir fry. And we're sitting in there. And he and I talked basically from 6 p.m. to 6 in the morning, 12 straight hours. He talked to me He's going on about stuff. And I remember one of the things he pulled off the shelf. I mean, he just had a sitting on the shelf by his books was a Bowie knife just sitting there on the shelf. And he showed me the Bowie knife and he's going through um, like sword fighting techniques. He had a wiffle ball bat and he's going through like these sword fighting <laughs> stuff. Just it was just a whole one man show. I mean, and, and I, I can remember bits and pieces of it now, but it was I wish I had a tape recorder or something. I mean, it was just in, intense. So I, I think obviously at that point, I mean, he he knew he was he was dying and so forth and, and, and just kind of going on a, kind of about his whole life. It was, and it's interesting that I would I would end up writing a book about him, you know, and, and looking back at that is, is really something. But um but yeah, I'm he glad you did, man. It's in the way the way the book is set up. You know, um, you know, it, it talks about his early times, and then when he goes off with John into California, it talks about like how he wanted to do Broadway, and it just really gives you this great idea of who he was and what his goals were as a person. And it's it's kind of bittersweet because yeah. you have like this aspect of someone who, you know, he really wants this. You know, he just wants to act. That's that's all he wants. And yeah. what he really wanted was out of his grasp. And he was so successful and, and like way more 59 credits on IMDb. And it's like way more successful than a lot of people ever get to be in this lifetime. Yeah. Well, 3000 commercials under his belt. Too, yeah. So. I mean, that's, yeah. that's crazy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, the whole, you know, and the whole commercial thing is crazy too, because, you know, like, like mo a lot of actors, right. They, they get their start in commercials, you know, they've done, in like soap opera stuff like that but it's funny like people will say yeah jim jim got his start in commercials well that but that's not at all like most actors who get a start in commercials you know they get picked up for a modeling job or i mean he had a whole career in commercials i mean he was like a legend in commercials i mean you you could look at it like he was a movie star that used to do commercials. You could say he was a commercial legend that went on to become a movie star. I mean, you could look, flip it the other way totally yeah. because, I mean, nothing quite like that has, I don't know, has ever really been done. I mean, especially in the way they did it, the, the, the market to, to market. And of course, you couldn't do it today, like I was saying in the book with the advent of the internet, because yeah. you nothing is obscure anymore right you you upload it to youtube yeah. and it's all over the place yeah. back then it was you know you could it's a slow burn right across the whole country so well, well things things now are so quick with commercials yeah. it's, it's like done so quick so you wouldn't be able to do that so they they want yeah. that kind of what's what's quick what's new what's quick so they don't want that ever they don't want like a spokesperson for anything anymore yeah you know? yeah uh, progressive insurance begs to differ, Matt. Well, I know yeah. that, and there's, there's a few, there's a handful of them that they're still in that old, you know, old mindset yeah. advertising, you know. But in most new companies, they just want something that's weird. You have to like, what is that? I don't even know what what company was that was that for. But I, I think that that she's great. The the, the girl that I forget I forget her name, but she's I mean, gosh, they they flow. Yeah. yeah, she's great. I, I really like her. I mean, they've done a ton of those now. And they've built like a whole little like world around that. I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. With yeah. The, now there's a couple, there's a couple of the other ones when they're in the store and they all have their own kind of personalities. And when they're doing the Zoom meeting, you know, yeah, they're all kind of like, she yeah, did one like this. Played the different characters. Like she played her own sister, yeah. I think, and her mother. And yeah. 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 Like the, the Eddie Murphy and the clumps sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> really funny. that's totally funny. I, I'm, I'm so glad that I brought that up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, does he does does he still hold the record? Because I think he had the record for the most commercials ever made, right? Maybe so. And, and what was funny is there was like some car, a car dealer out out in California. His name is Cal Worthington, and this was interesting because I think it, you know it brought up um, uh, Jim's uh, kind of sense of um, uh, competition. What because he would mention Cal, but he would. He would also distinguish the fact that, you know, Cal did his on tape. It wasn't on film. He would he would always talk about, you know, we do, we do ours on film. And so um, 
so I don't know how many. Cal, I guess it's Cal Worthington. He made he made quite quite a few o- over the years. He would um, he was a car dealer out there in California. I don't know if it was in the, <laughs> like the sixties and seventies. I'm not sure how many decades, but but he had quite a. You do career. talk about him in the book a little bit, and a little uh, bit, yeah. It's, yeah. It sounds like he was this eccentric guy that uh, okay. just wanted to do like a whole bunch of. Stuff. Yeah, I think he would have like circus animals and yeah. things too. I mean, yeah, he did all kinds of. <laughs> crazy stuff yeah yeah reminds me of that movie dirty work yeah <laughs> it's like oh my god there's a dead hooker in this trunk oh and this one's too <laughs> now it's an episode yeah yeah well of course i had to bring us down so. usually usually matt is the one that segues us back into the show yeah was um in, in doing your research there justin was there anything that you were surprised to learn about um uncle jim I don't know if anything really, I don't know if anything really surprised me. I'm trying to remember now. The, the one uh, person that I mentioned quite a bit is, you know, is this Joe Lyles that I was really fortunate to come across because he, um, he was somebody that played such a, such a role in Jim's life. And he was really, for me writing the book, he really helped me write the kind of book the kind of comprehensive book that I was wanting to write. I mean, there was almost like a whole decade in my book, probably from, you know, the early, from, um, yeah, early 70s, 70s and the 80s. Yeah. yeah. To that he knew stuff that nobody else did because he was one of the only people around him. You know, they, they lived together for a while in Nashville and they moved out to California together because those were the bits and pieces that we had heard about, but he was able to help me connect all the dots and, and then it was great because now I could share all that with, with his fans too. But it was great because I could, I found out, I'm like, how did this relationship with Johnny Cash, how did it start and how did it exactly. get to this? And he <laughs> knew all of that. And that was awesome to find all that out. Cause I mean, I mean, Johnny Cash, I mean, that's, you don't really get a whole lot bigger than that. I mean, no. this and a few others. Yeah, and, are- and Joe is the one who literally pulled Johnny out of line, you know, cause they was going to see a concert. And um, and I first of all, I can't even believe that Johnny Cash would have to wait in a line at a concert. That's ridiculous. Well, to me. And, and that he didn't even want to get out of line because he, he didn't want to make it look like, you know, he was kind of yeah. cutting and, you know, that just says a lot about him. Right. It was at the exit in in Nashville. And I guess Dan Fo- Jim was opening for Dan Fogelberg that night. Yep. And so Joe was wanting him to come in and just, and, and, you know, make sure to, to see Jim and so forth. And um, so, yeah, he was he had, he was there with with. Uh, Johnny was there with Roseanne, his you know, his daughter Roseanne Cash, to see to see Joe, uh, Dan Fogelberg. Hey guys, what's your favorite Dan Fogelberg song? Mine's the uh, Emily Fitzgerald. That's all I can. <laughs> That's my say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Name two. I can't. <laughs> I, and you know what? I think I have it on vinyl too. So. <laughs> wow. That's that's funny. That's that's a great. So obviously, there's there's some people who have passed on that you can't get for the. Um, for the film, but yeah. um, you do go into kind of one of our favorites that I was really surprised to hear about uh, Mr. Billy Bob Thornton. And yeah. um, on, on this, Jim really sounded like an early supporter for sling blade and like really interested yeah. in kind of helping get Billy Bob's uh, career going on. Um, yeah. Well, um, the way he met Billy Bob is that um, uh, Phil Walden uh, had become Jim's manager and, I really didn't know this until I was researching the book. You know, Phil Walden, he was a music uh, a producer, and he's the one who, who kind of discovered uh, Otis Redding, um, then went on to uh, uh, start Capricorn Records. And, you know, one of their biggest uh, hit stars was the, the Almond Brothers. And um, so um, that eventually, he, I guess, went into bankruptcy in the late 70s and Kind of fell on hard times, and and here it was in the in the mid '80s, and he was uh, had moved to Nashville and and um, started uh, to represent. I, f- I forget who he represented first. I don't know if it was Billy Bob or Jim, um, but but you know representing Jim at the time because he was so hot at the time, really re- re- uh, just reinvigorated his whole career. He was actually able to get uh, Capricorn Records going again, um, and. Um, and to get what was it? Widespread Panic uh, was the band that he yeah. needed to get to sign. So, um, 
but uh, but yeah, that so so Jim and, and Bill about were the only two actors that he uh, represented, and so they became friends. And um, I remember Jim at our house, and, and uh, he he knew a lot of interesting characters. But he you know, and he's talking about he goes, yeah, I got this buddy named Billy Bob. And of course, this is in like the early '90s, and Billy Bob Thornton, I mean, wasn't a household name at all then. I mean, this is mm-hmm. and and he goes, yeah, this guy, he's my buddy Billy Bob. He's written this thing called Sling Blade. And I mean, that just sounds like yeah, you're like, and, what is that? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I'm thinking it's like a hunting buddy of his. I mean, he just said, oh, he said, it was like, my buddy Billy Bob was written this thing called Sling, but he goes, it's really good. And I just remember like, yeah, okay, you know, and, and, you know, sure enough, I remember seeing it in a theater a couple of years later and I'm like, okay, now I know what he was talking about. I mean, I love, I just love that movie. I remember seeing it maybe two or three times in the theater and I wished he had been it. And I, I don't know exactly why he wasn't. Yeah. Um, that's, it seems like he would have been stuff. a great fit. Yeah. 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 Um, you, know, you know why? Because I like the way he talks and he likes the way I talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm wondering, you know, the character I think he probably would have been maybe was the Dwight Yoakam character. Yeah. But, I thought, but I thought Dwight Yoakam was just awesome in, in that character. Such a scumbag in that movie. He He's so <laughs> underrated in that movie, man. He, oh my, he's, he's great. I mean, everybody. I love that. That yeah. part in in there when they're in the in the uh, in the living room, they're all been drinking, and he's like, "Get the fuck!" He out just, of my yeah, head. and he just like throwing stuff. It's like he he brings that man. He's a great yeah. actor, and, and 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 that's the kind of villain that's no fun. To, that's not the cool villain at all. No, 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 no. Women and children. That's not the no cool, way. That's not a, a the Darth Vader cool villain at all. That's, <laughs> no that's, way, no. And so you got to respect guys that'll take those kinds of roles because they're. But he he just nailed that. I thought, but. But I, I wish Jim had, had been in that. That would have been, you know, a huge boost. But, you know, he was in the, the daddy in them, the, that movie, right before yeah. he passed. Um, but, of course, that didn't have quite the, you know, wouldn't quite the hit that. that um, uh, do you think, um, was. Do, or I should ask, do you have any plans to try to get a hold of uh, Billy Bob for the... I, I do. I finally hunted him down. Well, you know, he, he tours with the Boxmasters, you know. His, okay. So he's doing the music thing. Yeah. And I was able to, uh, they played in Knoxville and I was able to get like a, a ticket to get a backstage, you know, you pay to get a, an autograph and stuff. And so I went down there with a buddy of mine, took my book, signed it, or and I um, had his book and uh, that he had, he had uh, brought out shortly before that. And so I uh, introduced him and told him who I was and gave him my, my book and then um, I had him sign his book uh, that did that, and that was awesome. And so, and he, 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 I think he had said he'd heard about my book and he, and he said, I wish you had told me, you know, you reached out to me. And I'm like, I, you know, I did. I'm like, how do you get in touch with Billy Bob? Right. I mean, it's, yeah, like, really there's <laughs> layers there. And yeah. um, so, um, and I'd even, he even played in Lexington a few years back and I, I caught up with him again. And um, so um I'm actually uh, friends with, uh, uh, you know, Phil Walden has passed. His, his uh, brother, Alan Walden, um, was also involved with, with the Capricorn Records and so forth. And um, his daughter, um, uh, Jessica, so this is Phil's niece, I've, um, I've become acquainted with. And I guess she has some, some, some possible... Uh, connection to Billy Bob so maybe she I'm hoping maybe she can get me in touch with them because I definitely would like to interview them for, for sure that'd be amazing oh, be way up there in, in the list for me so yeah and, uh, his book is it called uh, I feel like I'm playing cards with my sister's kids <laughs> no, it, it's got it's it's called the lost where is it oh he's got it nice <laughs> That, that's a deep cut, man, for 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 people the who Billy, don't know the show. Yeah, I know. It's called the Billy Bob, <laughs> the Billy Bob tapes. Um, we love Billy Bob on this show, though. I mean, we there's rarely an episode where we don't mention something that he's in or talk about Bad Santa or. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's called yeah, a, a cave full of ghosts. It's called. <laughs> I love it. Okay. There's a there's a I chapter there's a chapter in here that's uh, about Jim and it's called. Uh, let's don't start start no circus and it's about them <laughs> visiting a strip a strip joint in nashville in the mid 80s 
And the guy yeah. recognizes Jim when they walk in and Jim <laughs> just says, let's don't start no circus. <laughs> and that's hilarious. Yeah, oh man. And so that chapter is about, about them in uh, a little bit. And so, yeah, that, that was cool to, to get that signed. And, and that's so cool. so cool because that's like, like you had mentioned how uh, John there had like a whole decade of, of gym stories. That feels like a whole nother era that's missing from yeah, this right. whole tapestry. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> let's start no circus. You just, it's like you still hear about that kind of like aspect of them, you know, like how you do now. Like if, if he would have been like if he would have later on and gotten famous now, like what kind of like, you know, things would you hear about him on like the, on the Web or, you know, how you, yeah. how you hear about certain actors, you know, like if that would have made like the sheets like, oh, they were spotted here, you know. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> You know what? I, I would like to think that they would hear about Jim is all the charity work and like the children's hospitals that he visited yeah. that, you know, you, you don't know this stuff about someone because he's not going out there and being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to visit sick kids to make them laugh. It's like that's that's yeah. a shine of like a truly great person. Yeah. 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 It was interesting. Diedrich Bader, you know, talks a lot about that when 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 Jim was out there uh, shooting the hillbillies. Like Diedrich said on his days off, he would go to children's hospital uh, dressed as Ernest. So it's like he had his, he brought his Ernest clothes with him. <laughs> of course, it's not like it's some huge wardrobe. Yeah, right? He just brought yeah. his yeah. and a t-shirt. Yeah. But uh, he would go to some of those hospitals out there in California in his days off and um, visit sick children. And so Diedrich mentions that uh, a lot on like on Twitter and stuff. And um, so I'm, I'm hoping to, to get Diedrich um, interviewed too on our documentary. So he's, definitely high on the list as well that's uh, cool did they um did they they become fast friends after uh, working in hillbillies i think i think so you know uh, um diedrich diedrich's another person that they had interviewed on the uh, each true hollywood story and um it's funny because recently too and maybe i already knew this but i saw an interview with diedrich where diedrich was talking about his first love was shakespeare he's big chaplain he was a big chaplain lover and buster keaton and i'm like oh my gosh i mean that's yeah i'm sure they probably talked about that because that that's jim right there i mean chaplain and shakespeare and all that so there's really no better comparison for you know jim varney than as you talk about with charlie charlie chaplin and the tramp it's it's like the best sort of comparison which is it's like when when people try to compare people to the beatles or anything like that but it's like it's pretty evident just from like the way that their careers kind of mirrored each other. They're both com- comedic geniuses. They were yeah. at the top of, of their fields in certain aspects. Um, but I mean, the Ernest character is one of the most truly American characters that is like the, the most unique American characters. It doesn't work. Like it may work in Europe or Africa or anything else like that, but that is a homegrown mm-hmm. character. Yeah. yeah, Pretty crazy. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, from you, you have Ernest, commercial Ernest, uh, TV show Ernest, movie Ernest. I mean, it, it, he, he was, uh, in a lot, was able to really add some layers to that. You know, you look, especially go to Ernest Goes to Camp and he's singing Jam Glad It's Raining. Yeah. And then, yep. you know, in many of the commercials, he's just kind of a jerk, right? So, I mean, you really, there's a lot of different aspects of him that they really could develop over the years through the movies and so forth so did um did he ever talk about like the later films that he did like um uh so there's rides again there's uh slam dunk Ernest, Ernest goes to school and um Ernest goes to africa which i think i think was actually the last Ernest. did he ever um talk about those not a, a lot um i'm thinking <laughs> at that time probably because I remember like my mom and and aunt, you know, his sisters, they, I think they were after a while were, they were wanting him to, to, you know, play other things and they weren't Mm -hmm. really interested in in those movies. And at at that time we were more interested in, you know, he was doing toy story, Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, He did a small movie here in Lexington called a hundred proof that, that, um, you know, got accepted to Sundance and was, um, had a nice write-up in variety and so forth and um they even premiered it in lexington at, oh. at the kentucky theater downtown and we we got to go to that um that was that was that was a lot of fun um because we i didn't get a chance to really 
participate in a lot of those kinds of things with him. So that was awesome. But um, I think they, they were kind of like, they were, they were tired of him doing earnest and, and really, but, but it was, you know, he, he still enjoyed it. I mean, it was easy money and, um, but you know, he was having to go to Africa and Canada and, and um, it, it was taking a lot out of him, I think. And, um, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really remember um, a lot of conversations about that, uh, you know, into the nineties, really. One of the, the other things that I was, uh, I was telling Matt and Justin about was that he was in uh, Vince Gilligan's first film, Wilder Napalm, which uh, I just watched last night. And that is a cuckoo <clears throat> film. I don't know. Have yeah. you ever seen that one? Yeah. I, I, it's been a little while since I've seen it. And it's interesting because, you know, it took a long time to write this book. It was like five and a half years. And um, I'm, a, I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. I was probably like the probably my second favorite TV show after the twi original Twilight Zone. I just love that movie, that, that show, I mean. And so I didn't know at the time, and I forget exactly how I found out that, that Vince Gilligan did the screenplay for Wilder Napalm. And I'm like, I, I got to put that in my book. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. He, he worked with Vince Gilligan. I'm like, that, that's awesome because I'm just... He definitely would have been on Breaking Bad. Like, and so I, that's, and I added that was one of my last kind of things I added to my book. And I never, if it didn't take that long to write, it, it would have not ever been added. But that was just a cool thing. You know, you talk about geeking out over things. I mean, that was me geeking out over that and, and being able to add that. And, and that's also like me too. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Superman fan, uh, huge Rocky fan. So I got to add like uh, the comparison to Superman when he was doing that floor wax or thing and Ernest goes to jail I think they use like the same kind of contraption that Christopher Reeve used so that was cool for me to write a book that I got to mention Christopher Reeve and then Sylvester Stallone because I guess they read for the same part in a play in New York in the six in the yeah the late 60s and so I'm like I have a book that's that I wrote that's got Sylvester oh. Stallone in it and Christopher Reeve and so that's me just kind of geeking out but it was it it was played a part of the story, but to me that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> have so. you uh, have you been up here to uh, Metropolis, Illinois, at all to yeah, the no, uh, Superman have, Museum? I have not. I have not. I did not uh, know. Matt about and Justin that. did something there. Uh, was it last year? You guys were there? Yeah, we, I've been there a few times, but it's basically like a, a museum with everything superman and okay. if you love christopher reeve they have like wigs and, and capes from the original movies wow okay, i mean cool. they it's 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 awesome man it's it's a fun little a little trek and and everything's dedicated to superman in, in that little town and there's a big statue of him you know in the town square that's pretty neat it's pretty neat and, and that was an inspiration to me writing the book because i realized the, the way i looked at superman growing up that's the way a lot of people looked at Ernest, you know mm -hmm. and, and that that really gave me a lot of inspiration to, to really give the fans something special that really looked up to him in, in in that kind of way so that that was that was big when i kind of would make that connection there i think i think my favorite Ernest movie is, is scared stupid man i had that vhs tape yeah, and i played my it favorite. I played it until the thing wore out, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, I really did. I had that on repeat for a, a well, solid, I don't even know when I, yeah. You'll be happy to know that there, if we've got a, a, somebody in the crew, like they filmed behind the scenes, like there's a three hour VHS tape I have of, of oh, wow. the shooting of that. What? So, That's cool. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome to see. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's definitely some, some, some cool stuff in there that I'm, I'm sure we'll be putting some some clips of that in the documentary for sure. Cool, so that man. Was, that's, that was that's awesome. Where that's was that? Perfect um, kit and all that. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin, do you know where that was filmed? Uh, a lot of it was in a. Actually, that's the only one of the only sets of any of his films, TV shows, or anything that I was at, and that was in a warehouse in East uh, Nashville. It used to be, I think, like a Lee Jeans or like a, a factory. And um, so the whole uh, forest was in a, this this warehouse, big warehouse. That's cool. So, okay. um, we were That's just very cool day. And so, yeah. Did he ever, did, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I was going to ask you, uh, did he ever mention working with like the whole animatronic aspect and how he liked that versus doing, you know, the other mov movies like they didn't have that, like the whole troll thing? He didn't. Well, you know, one of the behind the scenes uh, things that are showing is him 
with the the animatronic the trantor kind of holding where they do the dance scene and they're kind of in cherry's directing him on how he needs to turn and everything and jim's <laughs> talking about how heavy it is and all this stuff and yeah so it, it was really neat to see some of that stuff so and i think that was the last touch tone one so that was the the last uh, contract that they had with disney yeah and after that you had all of the straight to dvd uh it, actually i think uh, ernest rides again was in theaters right yeah it was right the last but yeah. after that all of them went to vhs yeah yeah now with um which he, he said oh. he, I, I did watch an interview and he said he was pretty big overseas with the vhs sales yeah and i think just rentals all around they they were very all of them were pretty strong rentals i mean especially like the seasonal ones right like the scared stupid and the hollow and the um christmas for sure were, were strong rentals so i think there's a funny story that um somebody that did they get arrested i think it was blockbuster somewhere that had like an outstanding ep- a copy of Ernest Goes to Jail, and then they they <laughs> they, they got arrested or something, or, and it happened to be, and it ha- of course it happened to be Ernest Goes to Jail. You know, honestly, guy, <laughs> my copy of Scared Stupid was a blockbuster copy that I just never okay. returned. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, was I've been meant to tell you about that. Uh, you know, <laughs> as being the only one here that officially worked for Blockbuster, Matt. Uh, I think you should turn <laughs> yeah. yourself in. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and Fred Durst. <laughs> you both ruined Blockbuster. So <laughs> let's open another account. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what you we we were joking that um Fred Durst single handedly ruined Blockbuster by telling everyone if you had late fees, you could just go to another one and you oh. could open another account. And he did oh, this yeah. on the Blockbuster movie awards on live <laughs> television. Yeah, nice. thanks. <laughs> it's so nice. funny. That's funny. But um, so usually around this time in the show, we do what we, what's called um, our weekend geek. Um, okay. if, if we could ask you as our guest, what was something that you did? Maybe it could be something that you watched or read or maybe something involving Superman, because I certainly did something involving Superman. But um, what was something that you did this week that you'd find particularly geeky? This week? <laughs> Gosh. You, you, could, you could embellish on the time frame, too. It doesn't have to necessarily right. be a week, so can't i don't know i'm such a geek in front of my in front of my daughters i mean i'm usually singing in the car it's, especially if i'm singing the bgs it's it's especially uh i don't know if you can call that the child abuse but it's maybe oh, nice. a are you singing a little night fever uh what, what do you <laughs> night fever, falsetto yeah yeah. I love it. That's come on, Justin. You know it. Justin with an E. No, you guys do stay in the life, man. That's my secret. Yeah. That's my yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a geek pretty much 24-7. That's uh, why that's why we like you. It's yeah. <laughs> well, well, let me ask you this one then, because you mentioned before that you're a big fan of the Twilight Zone. One of yes. my favorite questions to ask is what is your favorite episode of the Twilight Zone? <sighs> and it could be any of the series. I would say definitely, let's see, there's probably like the top, the Burgess Meredith, the time enough at last. Is yes. yes. That's, that's such a go-to. Uh, though the one that will the real Martian please stand up. The, 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 the first episode yeah. owner has the eye on the forehead. That, that twist at the end. Love that. Um, I think that's the eye of the beholder. I want to say. Uh, <clears throat> I think it was the was will the real Martian please stand up? That's, and the jukebox that keeps one. coming on in the uh the um I love the one you know the, of course the 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 Shatner one on the airplane is a big one, but the one he did where he was uh played that fortune teller the, that's the a better teller. one that is a way and better episode than, than terror at like thirty thousand he got feet. addicted to that and it kept telling him the future and he just and the one other one I love is the um, what was it now? Oh, I love the one that has um, the uh, professor, you know, from Gilligan's Island. Uh, Howard uh, is it uh, Johnson? Is it Howard Johnson? Is his name? Where he goes back in time to try to prevent the Lincoln assassination. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there's a good oh. Buddy Epson one too, where he's uh, pushing the broom around. Okay. I forget the name of that one, but um, 
my favorite is you, you touched on the Burgess Meredith, the, the time yeah. enough. My favorite is uh, the obsolete man where he has to pick. Um, he's being el- eliminated and he gets okay. to pick the way in which they kill him. OK. And, um, and he makes it where they plant a bomb in the room. But he okay. accidentally yeah. traps or not accidentally, but he intentionally traps the person that sentenced him to death in there with him. And it's so okay. cool. Yeah. I mean, Rod Serling, I mean, just the man, just unreal. Yeah. Just loved, loved all those. I could just watch those over and over. I remember watching them growing up. They would play them on WGN like at night. They would play like one or two like late at night. And that's how I started getting hooked on them um, growing up. Yeah, I can't blame I you. I mean, we, we talked about what was it now a year and a half ago when that that uh cbs yeah. all access one came out yeah it's been about a year or two now yeah uh, yeah and you can watch them in black and white or you can watch them in color as well yeah right? i thought those were pretty good i like i like those oh definitely there's yeah. it's it's cool i i need to catch up on the second season though maybe that'll be my yeah. next week in geek so <laughs> how about you gentlemen what'd you do uh for week in geek we, we sold at a flea market this weekend man yeah <laughs> we well, did watch the conjuring though Oh, oh yeah, we did. Okay. We did watch the Conjuring. Yeah, we watched that before. Yeah, well, it was pretty good, dude. It was, uh, you know, it, it falls in line with the other two Conjuring movies, and then I think it just does a little bit more to open up the universe to, you know, a little bit. I yeah. think we're gonna see. A, I, I think we're gonna see a fourth for sure. Really? Okay. Yeah. Does it go into like the Annabelle and all that kind of stuff, or? I already did that in the, in the other ones, and they, oh. they have their own movies. But this one's like, this one's like they do they do a story that you don't really ever read. You know, it's not in their Amityville. This is one of like their last ones. You know, they didn't get a lot of write up, a lot of play, so it's very embellished. But it's a different kind of Conjuring movie. I think it's more of an action movie. Oh. You know, in what in, in a way, yeah, she plays like a yeah. hero. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. And, and uh, Justin, how about you? Did you have anything uh, fun or geeky? Just with an E, I should say. Well, I mean, Matt was up here, so we just, like I said, we did the flea market, we watched Conjuring, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I, I could tell you I had a steady diet of uh, Mr. Jim Varney and his work okay. this, this week. Uh, I watched uh, I watched probably about five or six Ernest films. I had to find right. Ernest Goes to Camp, which was near impossible to find on DVD, by the way. Uh, it's not streaming anywhere oh yeah Uh, but i found it i I found it's a three pack with ernest goes to jail ernest goes to camp and ernest scared stupid well Uh, i mean then you have christmas too but i i gotta tell you rides again is really funny guys you know it's yeah it's got some great jokes in it and um obviously i finished up uh the book the uh importance of being earnest which we're talking about tonight so that was a good one i read this other book uh keeper keeper of the clown by uh, John Cherry, longtime uh, director and collaborator of Jim. And uh, I reread Kingdom Come, which is a sort of like a post-apocalyptic future version of like DC, where you have Superman and um, Batman and Wonder Woman and all that. And uh, it's all drawn, like it's painted by Alex Ross. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. If, if uh, I can imagine, so Alex Ross does good works. Yeah, it's it's so great, and and I mean that's that's one of those few comics that if you read it, it actually like touches you emotionally, and it's just like you're like, oh, I can't believe I feel this way after reading this book. I'm like, why did that happen? But um, it's it's so good, and you know if if anybody's looking for a recommendation for anything, pick up Kingdom Come. It came out in 1996. Uh, Mark Wade is the author, and uh, the everything is painted by Alex Ross. So. And, and he does probably the best Superman that, that you've probably seen. Did he do a bunch of those nudes too? Like those nudie cards? Uh, <laughs> of course, Matt will go there. You know what? I'm like, <laughs> I, I was just thinking, I'm like, well, he's an artist, so he must have painted some. So I, I you, know, you know what I'm talking about though? Like those, like those tasteful nudes? Like, <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm just trying to think. I'm like, I, I don't recall. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like have a speed dial. Something? No, oh okay. yeah like no 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 you know what i'm talking about no not like that okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no so so that was that was my weekend geek guys um so that's that's i'm just uh getting back here i, I don't want to keep justin too much longer i want to get right. into just the um the kickstarter which yeah. uh started off on may 25th you're um you're trying to raise funds so you can get this made into a documentary film we've obviously been talking about why don't you give us a little details on on that and uh just on how folks can find you and all that good stuff 
the best way, um, there's our main website is called beingearnestfilm.com. Um, or you could just go to the Kickstarter page or applicate app and um, type in Jim Varney or even Ernest. And that'll, that'll bring up you know, our page. We'd be the, probably the first one that would come up there. And uh, we're over halfway there. And so we're really excited. And you all were talking about art and so forth. We've actually got an artist that's been with, um, he's got quite a resume. Um, he's been with Lucasfilm and is a Disney artist. And he's a big Ernest fan. And he's um, putting together some artwork for us. Uh, and we're hoping that um, some, some drawings, some sketches that he uh, is gonna, he wanted to help us with the crowdfunding. And we're hoping to have some of that available here pretty soon. Um, I don't know a, a lot of the latest details. Uh, the, the director, David Pagano, has been the main one uh, talking to this guy, but I'm um, very excited that, uh, to offer some of that. I know people really like a lot of the earnest artwork. Um, anytime I've posted any kind of artwork that I found online, it gets a lot of good response. And so um, I actually got one in uh, the BAM box, uh, which is okay. a subscription kind of like. Uh, where monthly you pay and they send you a whole bunch of geeky stuff around okay. December. I got Ernest wrapped up in Christmas lights. Okay. So I, so cool. I actually put that up now with my Christmas. So oh, funny. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, but there's some cool rewards. I mean, there's like $250. You can submit a, a fan video. Um, there's, um, you know, get anywhere from just a dollar to um, go on to, getting a copy of the film, a signed copy. You can get like a vanity credit in the film, um, all, you know, all kinds of different, you know, kind of tiered rewards as it goes up. And, you know, in each reward would include all the ones underneath it as well and all that. So, um, uh, so yeah, we're trying to offer people some, some really cool, some really cool stuff to help them uh, get motivated to help us out. So that's so, that's so great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tan hats, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <Lots of, laughs> right i gotta get me one so yeah. i i heard that most of the ones that he got were from jc penny so i imagine it must have been tougher to get those things they probably had to custom make them yeah perhaps i wish i had got i don't know how many he ever kept at his home i but uh i don't have any any of that earnest uh, any of the costumes that he had i do have actually though and it, it, maybe it's only a fitting you know that i live in uh, the, the basketball state of kentucky right um that uh i've got his jersey from the uh, slam dunk earnest nice that, that's pretty cool to have so that's so, awesome it's touched Broke. by uh kareem abdul jabbar yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> i forget what happened to the shoes there's a story about the shoes um those those would definitely be cool too the big hot top shoes yeah. Oh, yeah i'm just glad you didn't tell me that you have his turtle from ernest goes to camp oh no no i don't have that you know stallone still has the turtles from rocky they're still living yeah i read that yeah that's <laughs> awesome. crazy. crazy cuff and link right yeah that's oh awesome. okay yeah so, so i gotta ask what's usually people's first reaction when you tell them who your uncle is um you usually like they go oh the you know you know what i'm talking about Vern. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people anymore. I mean, I, they 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 know Ernest. Um, I guess you know, growing up, it was always cool because in the '80s and stuff, when when I was young, and, and he was just so huge that 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 was that was cool. Um, and and then you know, that's one reason I wrote. Another reason, I guess, thinking about writing the book that that you know, getting notoriety just because of who you are when you haven't really accomplished anything is kind of weird, right? You're just because you're related to somebody. So it's nice now that I've kind of feel like I've earned something. I've written a book, so I've earned, you know, uh, some, something there. Um, but it, it, it was, it was, it's always, always been great. I mean, people really uh, love it and adore him. And so, um, that's probably why I took the book so seriously because, it was kind of like, who am I to write some kind of comprehensive book uh, about anybody, especially some some major uh, star like him? And I wanted to really make sure, you know, I, I did it right. And that's another reason why it took so long. I really wanted to make sure that I had everything 
um, you know, it, it is, you know, dotted my I's across my T's the, be the best I could. But, um, but yeah, it's always, it's always been, been a lot of fun to tell people that and see the reaction. It, the book reads great. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you did such a really good job. It, it really draws you into it and yeah, everything makes sense the way that it's, it's paced. And I, I just, I really liked it. I'm, I'm going to recommend it. And um, I'm probably going to get an extra copy to give to my local library just so I can pass it around. I had a great editor uh, founder here in, in Lexington and she was great to collaborate with. I mean, she was really kind of my mentor too. Her name's Leslie Gutman. And, um, she, uh, she was just great to work with and help me. She was the one that, um, helped me decide even the picture to put on the cover of the book, which may be one of the best things about. Did you see this guy? <laughs> yeah. Look at how handsome he is on that cover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you don't think of them like that, but like with that, right. like, like hair and all that, it's like, yeah. he could have, he could have been in a role that Stallone was in back then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. You probably understand him better. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she she was great, and I thought she did a great job. We had a good relationship, working relationship, because you know I'd submit a lot of things to her and come back with a lot of ready, you know, and we we had a really good working relationship, and she really helped me a lot, and and um and so so yeah, and, and I wanted to be you know enjoyable and an easy read for people, and I wasn't trying to prove how great a writer I was. I wanted to just try to get across. Jim and his humor and all of that and, and, and really make it fun for people. Um, so yeah, I, and I think she helped me accomplish that. And so I see these reviews on Amazon and, and just I'm just overwhelmed that, that how good the response is. I, I certainly don't look at them thinking that, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm look how, what a wonderful writer I am. I'm, but I look at it more as that it's almost like an appreciation that like, thanks for, for doing the work to help us find out about Jim. Yeah. Um, you know. yeah. It, it's got yeah. so much heart to it. It's, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's very emotional read. Like I, I felt like I knew him. I'm like, wow, it's okay. just so cool to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. And, and that's what I would take some excerpts of certain people, you know, at the end, you know, that I, I taped, I was there at his memorial service on a videotape and there's excerpts of, Oh, you can go out on YouTube and see like Daniel Butler's speech and so forth. Uh, Daniel Butler's speech in particular, though, was just just awesome. I mean, everything about it, it was poignant. It was funny. I mean, he would imitate Jim and it was like he, he you could you could feel Jim in the room. And I remember thinking, I want a book that is just like that 10 minute speech. I want it to be all of the things that are in Daniel Butler's uh, speech. And um, it was an inspiration. And so it's been great that he's one of the people that, you know, we're we're working with on, on the documentary and so that that's great because he's uh he's fantastic and has lots of stories and, and and obviously a lot of um uh experience in the business you know he he had gone on to uh, uh help produce and host this show america's dumbest criminals in the late 90s i don't know if you ever, ever saw that on oh, true yeah. tv so, i think was it or was that on fox I'm not, I know it's syndicated. I don't know. May have played. I think it was maybe Fox, but I don't know. Yeah. I definitely remember saying that. That <laughs> sounds like a. It sounds like a Fox show. Okay, so where do you see yourself in five years, guys? America's <laughs> dumbest criminals. <laughs> Being on cops. <laughs> and if you want to talk, I'll tell you one little story about geeking out completely. I'm a huge YouTube fan. Huge, and I forget he was in Germany. It was to do some voice, some extra voice work for Scared Stupid. So he's in the studio in Germany. I forget exactly why. He's told the story a couple times. I forget exactly why he's why they're in Germany though. And so they've got the troll pictures up on posted on this wall or whatever. So I think you two, they're there in Germany because that's where they had recorded Octung Baby, like in '91. That makes sense. And so Bono walks in and, and I don't know, and he's in he get this is great imitation of Bono and Bono looks up and sees the troll picture on the wall and he does his Bono imitation. He goes, Ooh, like spooky. And, <laughs> and I mean, it, it just blew, it just completely blew my mind. I mean, the, I, 
because that, that's probably one of the only things I have in common with Bono, because I told you I was on the set of Ernest Scared Stupid. We both saw the troll, you know, before the movie came out. We were oh, aware crazy. of the troll, right? But I'm like, I'm like, you got to record. I want at least that to be an extra on the, the Blu-ray of you telling the story about Bono, because that to me is just ultimate, you know, that's, that's awesome. It's too cool, right? there's so many layers of like how many people like jim touched and all that it's just i mean if you're a country music fan he was around every country music star there was in the 70s and 80s i mean Mm -hmm. dolly parton willie nelson i mean everybody i mean it's unbelievable i mean so i completely geeked out knowing i mean yeah it's crazy he's my uncle and it's awesome but all the people he worked with that i grew up being huge fans of it was just you know leah thompson i mean i'm a huge back to the future fan and um you know all, just it just goes on and on so we, yeah. we could do an entire episode on how much we love leah thompson i oh, mean yeah. howard the duck come on <laughs> yeah and i've been able to correspond with her a little bit on twitter and oh know, fantastic my is mind blowing i mean it's mind blowing <laughs> for me so yeah. Well, you've got the right last name to talk about uh, Back to the Future there, Justin. True, so. yeah, right. No, no, relation, no, relation, no relation there, but yeah, <laughs> great, yeah. Now, uh, Justin, I'll, I'll end with this. Um, do you do any impressions? Is there any uh, impressions that you do or maybe a Christopher know. Lloyd impression? Or no. Do you do an impression of Uncle Jim? No, not, not really. <laughs> who, does, no. Um, who does the best Jim Varney? That's, you know, uh, Daniel Butler, I thought, did a good job. Actually, if you all are familiar with the Hager twins, they used to be on, on Hee Haw. They're, oh, the Hee Haw ones, yeah. Yeah. They, um, you know, because they're twins, I forget which one it was, but they spoke at Jim's memorial, and, and the one of them could do a really good impression of Jim. He had kind of a deeper voice like Jim as well. It was really <laughs> good. But, um yeah Dan- daniel's was was good y'all need to probably look that up look daniel butler's speech at jim barney's memorial it'll it'll it, it's great he, and he's he another little factoid he's the he's the guy behind um uh golly bob howdy he oh that, yeah yeah that was one of the first things that he was able to 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 uh give to the earnest character when he started out riding with that team and and it's funny because jim kind of stole that and that was a slinky dog saying you know and now that's that's one of Slinky Dog's line. And now it's stuff. a roller coaster. Yeah, and it all yep. started with uh, Daniel Butler and something that his father, his late father-in-law, had said, and that's that's where he got that. So it's crazy to see how that went from <laughs> somebody in Oklahoma all the way to Slinky Dog here, and it, it lives on, you know. And, and that speech, by the way, guys, is such a great speech. They talk about how um, Daniel never really got along with his uh, father-in-law until uh, he found out that he was a writer for Ernest. And then he was able to get this respect from Jim because they go to see him at like a, maybe like a mall or something like that. And, um, you know, Jim calls him over and treats him like a big shot and all that. And ever since that day on, that guy's father-in-law, Daniel Butler's father-in-law was, was just so like, wow, this guy's great and all that. And I'm like, I, how can you not relate to a story like that when you've wanted to feel like a big shot and all that. And I'm like, it's a great tale. Yeah, and Daniel's tearing up as he, he was telling that story because at that time his, mm. his father-in-law had passed and he was talking about how he just glowed that day and would talk about that story all the time. And so, yeah, that, that speech is just, just – and there were some great speeches. There's other great ones too, but that one was definitely my favorite and, and was, yeah, a, just a huge – because there was a lot of long days of researching and writing and I needed everything I could to help keep me going sometimes, yeah. you know. I can imagine. It's, it's yeah. got to be incredibly emotional. Yeah, but it's so rewarding, though, for sure. Do you guys have any other questions you want to ask, uh, Justin? Not that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me know after the show, because then it will be relevant. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and call, that's when I'll be like, that was what I wanted to ask. <laughs> I... Um, I, I guess uh, the last thing I wanted, did he have like a particular uh, brand of either like uh, like whiskey or anything like that that he liked? Like uh, what was his go-to, if, if you know? I re- you know, I really, I really don't. And, and I know he, he liked to drink and he, he <laughs> definitely went through his, his spells of, of, you know, 
imbibing too much at times and, and, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I don't really know. I don't know if I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, some people probably would, but I, yeah, I really don't. I was just curious cause it's, it's mentioned so much. I'm like, oh, I wonder if he yeah. was, you know, a particular guy, but you know, yeah. In, in, yeah, Julianne Pogue, what early girlfriend of his and friend would talk about various flasks that he would have and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that he was maybe even that picky about certain ones, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Well, um, just, so. just, uh, again, I want to thank you for coming on everybody. Sure. Check out the Kickstarter. We're going to have a link yes. in our, as mentioned on thank this. You. Um, it sounds like there's some really good perks in there and I I'm yeah. going to, get in on that myself i know thank you we appreciate thank it any anything you could you could uh, uh give would be greatly appreciated and, and would hopefully yeah definitely make it the, the the best documentary that we can that we can make so really excited about it yeah yeah it's us too and um again yeah, thanks for, for being here yeah, and absolutely. um with that uh thanks everybody for joining us geek life hq episode 82 check us out at yep, geek life hq go ahead justin I was gonna say, and uh, leave a voicemail talking about your favorite Ernest moment. I think yes, absolutely. Fun. I want to. I want to hear some Ernest impressions because <laughs> the only one that did did a catchphrase tonight was Justin. So you know, my favorite was always. Ee-hee-hee-hee. Oh, that, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that that was that, as a kid. That was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right, folks. On that, we'll catch you later. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. <laughs>